it's Andrew Duncan here. This is the Agent Monday podcast. Today, I wanted to talk to you about appraisal psychology, uh, specifically how to understand what your clients are looking for when you go into an appraisal, how to get yourself in the right headspace to perform well at appraisals, and just how to cater your approach to suit the clients that you're working with. Reason I wanted to talk about this is I had a couple of really good questions from Agent Monday members this week. Uh, one member from Auckland asked about how to handle properties that are really hard to price. You know, if it's if you've got a really wide possible appraisal range, you know, how do you tackle that with an owner? Uh, and this got onto a really cool conversation about what owners are really looking for when you go to see them and how we can portray confidence and why that's so important, which I'll talk more about soon. The other question came from an agent in Wellington who asked about how we get on the same page as owners when we go to an appraisal. How do we make sure that we're in line with them, that we're you know operating at their speed uh, while still uh, transferring that positive energy uh, which is going to help us secure the listing. So basically how to balance that kind of excitement for the opportunity, but also making sure you're going at the owner's speed, which is so important. And I'll talk more about that soon too. So just wanted to give you a bit of background around why this episode came about. If you've got a question you'd like me to tackle, please do get in touch. You can email andrew at agentmonday.co.nz. If you're not already an Agent Monday member, head along to the site agentmonday.com and grab a membership where you get access to just, oh gosh, nine a hundred feature articles that give you content to put into your newsletters, uh, your emails, your direct mail campaigns, Facebook content, it's all there, and along with a whole lot of training on how to succeed in this market. So without further ado, let's get into some appraisal psychology. As with anything in sales, marketing, business, I think the first question we should ask when we approach appraisals is what is our client what is the owner looking for i think in in situations that i come across a lot we we don't ask this question it's in a, and it's a real shame you know we focus on what we want we focus on how we can get better we focus on uh, what kind of properties we're looking for and what kind of commission we want and what kind of how do we overcome objections think the right thing to do is actually to step back and just put yourself in the shoes of an owner what are they looking for they've got this absolute stranger rocking around to their house this real estate professional what are they after deep down inside yes they're after things like price and commission and stuff but what are they really after i'll give you a moment to think about it and i'll share what i think shortly from my experience you know and i've literally walked into thousands of owners living rooms and sat down with them and talked about their property and for my mind what an owner is really looking for is reassurance reassurance that they're making the right decision to sell their home most of all reassurance that it's a good house that it's sellable that people will like their home they're also looking for reassurance that they've chosen the right person, that you know what you're talking about, that they're in safe hands. On a lower level, they want to know what it's worth, of course. They want to know how to get a premium if it's possible, how to make a smart real estate play. 
And they want to know if they're getting value for money. They want to make sure that they're not getting, they want to know deep down inside that they're not getting ripped off. So they want to know that, you know, you're going to give them a sharp commission rate and that the marketing is not going to be a ripoff. But most of all, they want reassurance that they're making the right decision, that they have a sellable home and that they've chosen the right person. Why that's important is because that can help frame how you approach the presentation. It tells you why it's so important that you can speak to their property, that you get to know their property intricately, what they like about it, what other people will like about it, what they would do if they had more money, what they would change about the home, their hopes and dreams for it, uh, what attracted them to that home in the first place. With that in mind, in terms of actionable steps from there, what's so important is that we are excited about the owner's property without blowing smoke up their butt you know like you don't want to be over the top but you want to be excited about the possibility of their property you want to be excited about uh, marketing it on their behalf owners definitely want that the other thing because they're looking for this reassurance is you've got to be confident in the advice that you're delivering them can't sit on the fence you can't be unsure because if you're unsure they sure as heck is unsure if you're unsure about anything the price range how they should market it, what sort of advertising they should do, whatever it might be. If you're unsure, they're 10 times as unsure. So just keep that in mind when you reflect on how you deliver the information during your presentation. So in terms of getting yourself in the right headspace now to walk in the door and do your do your appraisal, do your listing presentation, yes, you want to be pumped up. You want to have some feel-good music that you can play in the car And if you're busy, I know what it's like. You know, I used to go to listing presentations and a deal's just fallen over. I've got problems with my staff. One of the agents in the office has just screwed me over. Like you you, you can be in all sorts of crazy, (laughs) in the middle of all sorts of crazy problems, but you've got to get your head in a positive space. So you've got to have some music that can be a positive trigger for you. Maybe you go for a walk first if you can. Maybe you clear the air. Maybe you just meditate first. Find whatever works for you and lock it in and make sure that every time you have a listing presentation you have 15 minutes to spare beforehand to get yourself in that headspace maybe it's just simply a rule that you know if you've got a listing presentation at six o'clock you're parked up on the street five or ten minutes before so you've got time to just sit in your car take a deep breath be in that moment listen to the right song to get yourself in the right headspace and walk in the door smiling and ready to go another really important way to set yourself up for success is to send those clients a pre-listing kit. Now I've got a whole article on how to put together a really good pre-listing kit but I think it's a fantastic way to just set the scene to create some rapport and trust uh, to show that you're enthusiastic and to give the owners confidence in your proficiency. So I won't go through all the details of that now but I'll reference it in the show notes so you can view that article and read more about why I think pre-listing kits are so valuable and so important. Also taking a step back towards pre-listing kits, it's important that you gather as much information as you can before you go to the property. So you want to ask the owners, if they've got time, a few questions on the phone before you go around. Things like, hey, what made you think of selling at this time? What was it that made you call me? Can you tell me a little bit about your property? What sort of time frame are you working to? just so that you know how quickly you need to action the steps. If the owners want to get it on the market next week 
and you walk in there trying to do a two-step listing presentation, it's just not going to work. You're going to miss out on the business. You've got to be ready to get up to speed. If the owner's a 12, month away, 12 months away from selling and they're just fishing for information right now, then you can take that into account. And maybe you don't need to be quite as um, prepared with your paperwork as you would be otherwise. And maybe you can take things a bit slower and take your time. But if they're on the market next week, you need to be ready to go with all your key information from the very first meeting. And on that note, I think it's a smart idea, no matter what information you get on the phone, to take everything you need to list the property at that point in time. I've certainly had times in my career when I've walked around just expecting it to be a lazy, slow listing presentation, and the owner says, cool, we're ready to go, we're happy with everything you say, How how do we get started? So have the listing authorities with you, have all your stats with you, have a CMA made before you've even seen the property the first time. Be prepared for anything. The next tip is to block out your schedule. So these days, it's so hard to know if a listing presentation or an appraisal is going to take 30 minutes or two and a half hours, right? Depends on the personality types, and we'll talk to that in a second. So try when you can to block out your schedule. If you've only got 45 minutes and you walk in there, and it's a really amiable person who wants to talk about life, the universe, and everything. And you're sitting there kind of tapping your legs under the table, you know, <laughs> waiting to get out the door. You're not going to give across the right vibe. You're not going to build rapport with that person as well as you could. So anytime you've got a listing meeting, try and block out a good two hours of your time so you're not stressed about getting to your next appointment. Now, I'm using the words appraisal, listing presentation, listing meeting, all you know to kind of talk about the same thing i guess traditionally we talk about an appraisal being you know your first visit and then your listing presentation being your kind of second visit with an owner and a listing meeting kind of covers both of those i think let's just consider any time you're sitting down with an owner to talk about potentially selling their property that's a listing meeting and it's an opportunity it's a golden opportunity and we need to treat it like that and we need to always have everything we've got everything we need with us ready to list that property if the opportunity presents itself. And on that note, a really important point is to be adaptable. That's what all these points come back to, really. I think you don't want to have too set a process. Like if you go in there and you're like, I always do a two-step listing presentation. I come in and I talk to you and then I'll come back to you three days later and I'll do some research and I'll come back to you and talk about price. You can set yourself up for... um, situations where you can't get up to speed for the owners and we'll talk about more about that in a second but my suggestion is that you try and be as as adaptable as possible and cater your service to suit those owners and what they need at that point in time so when you walk into the property the first thing i do is i try and ascertain which type of personality these owners are so personality types there's so many different ways that people talk about this um yeah, there's there's uh all they're all different ways of saying the same thing the, the four kind of personality types uh, descriptions that i like to use are the driver the expressive the amiable and the analytical it's a way of describing people's personalities to quickly help you understand what kind of person you are working with a driver is a fact-based extrovert. They want to know the key facts straight away. They'll expect your listing meeting to take about 15, 20 minutes. They want you to cut to the chase. 
with a driver, you need to be ready to rock and roll and you need to be able to give them the lowdown quickly and you don't want to be sitting on the fence on anything. You want to cut straight into it, get on their level really quickly. They'll talk fast, they'll be extroverted, they'll, be a, they'll want to get things moving straight away. They'll expect that you can get the property on the market next week and they won't understand why that might be difficult. An amiable or a relationship introvert is someone who likes to get along with everybody. Uh, I would fall into mainly a sort of amiable category myself. The amiable will want to have a nice chat to you first before you talk about business. They'll probably want to show you around the house. They'll offer you a cup of coffee. They might even offer you a snack of some sort. They'll have a bit of a laugh with you. The meeting itself will be really nice, respectful, polite. They won't grill you on anything, most likely, but they'll be really interested in what you've got to say. So with an amiable person, you want to take your time a little bit more, but you also want to make sure that you're giving them the information they need, even if they're too shy to ask for it directly. An expressive personality is a relationship extrovert. They are the house-proud people who want to tell you everything about their property and the history of it. And, and they'll probably tell you lots about their own lives that have nothing to do with selling this property. These are the people who, you know, they're the loudest one in the room and they're the funnest people to be around. And if you're doing a listing meeting with an expressive personality, you really want to be able to match their energy They'll get their energy from you and vice versa. So you want to be up for that. And you want to make sure that you have these conversations about what they care about first before you get into the quote-unquote boring stuff like commissions and marketing. With an expressive, if they decide they like you first, all the business stuff will take care of itself. With an expressive person, you've got to be really interested usually in the house and their family and why they're selling. It's all these things that are so much more important than whether your commission rate is 2% or 2.5% or 4% or whatever it might be. The last type is the analytical. A fact-based introvert. An analytical, when you're talking to them, it's going to be sometimes like talking to a brick wall. They might give you very short answers. They might not even look at you when they talk to you. They might be quite shy. This doesn't mean they don't want to hire you. An analytical type wants to get stuck into the figures. They want to analyze the decision and think over the pros and cons. When you're dealing with this type of personality, you want to have all your stats lined up. You want to have thorough research on the market available. You want to know your average prices compared to council values. You want to know your average days to sell down to one decimal point. You want to know what the market's doing, what the stock on the market is right now compared to last year, and you want to be able to give them the right advice based on those facts. The analytical type will go through all the recent sales in the area with you and look at each property and, and discern how that property relates to their one and what they can learn from that sale. So with analyticals, it's really important to take your time and digest all that information before you prescribe any particular approach to those owners now if you take that analytical approach with a driver you might just bore them to tears so you can start to understand how understanding the personality type of your client is so critical 
if you take an expressive personality and you go through that analytical analytical approach and you talk through the last 12 months of sales in the area and you know what the uh, what the average time to sell is and how that's changed over time they're going to be so bored and you're not going to get that listing so you need to cater your service to suit the personality so many agents I talk to and meet, they have a prescribed kind of listing presentation. You know, it's one hour long and they've got a flip chart of stuff and it's, it's like they're doing a PowerPoint presentation inside someone's home. In my mind, that's really not the way to do it because unless you get the perfect person who's aligned with that way of doing things, it's generally just not going to work for you. So I like to use this tool of the four personality types and when I walk into the door in that listing meeting, I'm asking questions, I'm trying to ascertain information, and as the owners talk, I'm trying to work out which kind of personality type are they, and then I'll cater my approach to that, to that exact type of personality type. So to recap, you've got your drivers, tell me what's going on, tell it to me quick. Your amiables, let's be friends. Your expressive, isn't my house wonderful, tell me how amazing it is. And your analyticals, I want to know about the market, I want to know about the stats, Give me all the info. Let's get stuck in. The analytical type will read every single word of your listing presentation. The driver will flick straight to the page (laughs) with the commission rate. The expressive won't even read it at all. And the amiable will probably read your listing presentation but may not have much of an opinion. They probably are far more interested in your personality and how you made them feel. Now I mentioned there about how when I'd walk in I'd be asking questions. And that's so important. Before you prescribe anything you need to diagnose before you give owners any advice on what you think they should do with their home you need to understand what their situation is what their motivations are what they're trying to achieve what their time frames are whether they've sold a house before how that went the reason questions are so important is you don't want to prescribe something where you're setting yourself up to fail if you walk into every listing thinking auction's the way to go, but that owner had a terrible auction experience two years ago, you know, selling their mum's place where they got ripped off, you've just shot yourself in the foot. So before you prescribe an approach, understand your owner's experience with real estate and particularly what they're trying to achieve and cater your service to suit them. I've got a few more articles talking about this on the site and I'll link to those in the show notes. But the key idea to keep in mind is that you want to diagnose before you prescribe any good doctor listens to you and understands the problem before they diagnose an approach or a plan of action once you understand what the owners are looking for design your service to suit them so if they uh, need a really quick sale to get uh, to another town for a job transfer you're probably not going to give them a, a list of 20 tasks that they could do to add value to their home you're probably going to suggest a, a time frame limited sale process. You know, maybe it's a deadline sale or a tender or an auction to try and get some action happening. If they've got 12 months before they need to go on the market, you can give them that long list of things to sort out. You can put them in touch with local tradespeople. You can really take your time because they're taking their time. That's why it's so important to get up to speed with, with where your owners are at. Once you've decided on your suggested approach for that property, be confident. Deliver your findings and stand by them. Whatever you do, please, please don't sit on the fence. 
I made this mistake so many times where I would be unsure of the right approach and I would sit there with an owner and I'd literally go through the pros and cons of like, well, the benefit of a tender is that, you know, you get to pick and choose which buyer you want to deal with and, and it's all private and and uh, and you can get a really good price that way. But with an auction, you know, you might get five people in the same room and, and they might fight it out. And if you can get that, there's no better way to sell. And you know, all these things where you're just literally spouting out the pros and cons of each option and you're not helping the owners make a decision of which way they need to go. So once you understand what kind of owners they are and what they're looking for, pick an approach, suggest that approach, tell them why you like that approach, and stick to it. If you think it's a property that's going to be slightly tricky to sell, and you think they're best to put a price on it right from the start, then tell them why and get it done and stick to it. Along the same lines... You want to take the same approach when you're talking about price with them. Now, this is so important. Owners expect you to have an opinion on price. And I think it's simply unreasonable to go in there and say you don't know. Like That doesn't fill them with any confidence. Even if, as you and I know, some properties are extremely hard to pick a value range on. You know, like... They might be in a really flash street, but they haven't been renovated in 40 years. You know, it's the most run-down run down property in the area. You've got no comparables for that, for that property. You still need to follow your gut instinct, pick a range, and go for it. If you sit there talking to an owner and they say, what do you think it's worth? And you say, well, I'm really not sure. It's really hard. There aren't many comparables for this kind of property you are just losing their confidence. <laughs> like It's eroding their confidence in you so quickly. Because if you don't know, then who does know? Like You're the expert, right? You're the real estate agent. You look at houses all day long. So if you don't know, gosh, who has any clue? So when, any, when a property is hard to, to pinpoint, listen to your gut instinct. Listen to what that's telling you and tell the owners that. And you can also color it and say, look, there aren't many comparable sales to go on. Here is what we have. My gut instinct from you know being a full-time property professional is X. Um, but hey, I certainly don't want to put in any limitations on what we might get because I could totally be wrong. So let's keep that price between you and me. These are all the ways that we will try and get you more if it's out there. I don't want to have any preconceived limitations on price. I'm just telling you what I think. But hey, there could very well be a buyer out there who's prepared to pay much more. So here's how we're going to go about finding them. So don't put any limitations on it, but the owners expect you to have an opinion. You can also color it by saying, Mr. and Mrs. Owner, other agents, they'll walk in here and they'll tell you whatever you want to hear. They might give you really, really high numbers just to try and win your business. I'm going to give you my genuine instinct based on what I've seen and what I know. Um, but understand this, that you know that net number stays between us and we're going to shoot for as much as we can get for you. So again, you're talking about the possibility of getting more, but you are giving them uh, an idea of what you think. I think that's just so important. You can't, you can't avoid that conversation, right? As much as we'd like to sometimes, you can't avoid it. This leads me to another point, which is so important. Uh, well, they all are, of course. <laughs> Whether you should do a one-stop or a two-stop listing presentation. Some agents really swear by one or the other uh, where, you know, a one-stop is, you know, you walk in there, tell them everything they need to go right at that point in time, try and list the property if you can. If not, you leave and follow up. A two-stop is you go in, have a look around the house, meet them, do a quick chit-chat, and then go away and come back and present your appraisal. 
Both are fine, but I think you want to make sure that you're getting up to speed with the owners and, and their time frame. And if they want, if they're a driver and they want to know everything straight away, if you make them wait for a second meeting, it's not going to, it's not going to build any credibility in your corner. So in my opinion, I think if you want to be ready to go from, from the first meeting, if you need to be, if you've got a, a real action taker personality there, whose time is valuable. The other thing to watch out for with two-stop listing presentations is that you're setting yourself up as a valuer. So if your reason for needing a second meeting is that you say, hey, look, I'll go away and look at the comparisons and I'll come back and give you my thoughts on price. You're pinning all the owner's kind of expectation or understanding or valuing of your approach on your price findings. So if your price expectation doesn't match up or is a bit lower than the competition's, Again, you've just lost it. You've just lost the opportunity. You need to go into these meetings with a mindset that price is one small part of the information you offer. And in fact, you're not a valuer. You're a marketer. You're there to help them strategize how to get the best possible price for their home. Yes, you'll give them an opinion on price, but that's not really what you do. Your job is to attract buyers. They want a valuation. They can go hire a valuer. You are a marketer. And you need to approach these meetings as such. Yes, we need to give people an opinion on price. But if we set it up like that's the pinnacle of what we do, then you've got one point of failure with your approach. And any other agent can beat you to that listing by simply quoting a price 200 grand higher. And then once they've got the listing, who cares what it sells for? Because they've got the listing, right? Like, you know, it's all good to be correct if it ends up selling for what you sold it for. But if you don't make a commission, then who cares? Now, we should really be genuine and truthful with our owners and that's really important and so the way to work through this is to make sure the owners understand that price indications are one small part of what you do and that different houses are worth different amounts to different people and whatever price your your the sales tell you whatever price your instinct tells you that's by no means a limitation on what the owners might get your focus is on going out and securing as many buyers as possible for them hopefully setting up a situation where those buyers compete with each other and thereby securing the owners the best possible price for their home. Last but not least, my suggestion is that you decide from now on to be exceedingly positive about the market no matter what's going on. We've got to be so careful with the way the market is right now that we don't walk into future sellers' living rooms and sound down and sound like oh my gosh buyers are hard to find like there's so much on the market right now it's really tricky like oh my as an owner (laughs) that does not fill me with confidence i'm talking to people all around the country on a regular basis and what i'm hearing is that the market is starting to turn it's starting to sound more positive banks are starting to get a bit more friendly with buyers and interest rates are starting to come down and the market's starting to get it to a bit more of a normal state and this is, in my opinion, only going to improve and in, a, in six months' time, it's likely that we'll be in a good, solid, normal market where houses are selling. We might not have 20 offers on each one. It might be more like three or four, but properties will sell in a reasonable period of time, especially if they're attractive. So you might as well act like that market is guaranteed to come. Now, hear me out on this. Most of your owners you deal with now are not coming on the market for three, six, nine, twelve months. So what if you knew that the market was going to be better in six months' time? How would you approach those listings meetings? 
And what have you got to lose by just taking that approach in your own mind, thinking that the market is going to be better? Like, why not? Because if that does happen, then that's great. You've been really positive. You've told them what's going to happen and it's happened. If the market doesn't rebound and get so much better, then hey, at least you were the positive agent who optimistically saw the the glass half full. Because I tell you what, owners want to deal with someone positive. Owners want reassurance that the person they're dealing with believes in their property, believes in the potential to sell. They're not going to blame you if the government makes some crazy decision and the market tanks even further, or if interest rates go up. They know that's not your fault, but you might as well be bullish about the chances. You might as well be confident that more and more buyers are coming into the market, investors are active, people are making decisions. What have you got to lose? You'll stand out so much if you're the most positive agent that they meet with. So if you remember nothing else from this chat, be positive about the market because positivity is attractive. Positivity is like a magnet for opportunity. People want to choose and list and sell with someone who's positive and people want to refer their friends and family to someone who's positive. Good luck out there, everybody. Again, if you've got questions about the current market, send me an email, andrew at agentmonday.co.nz. Speak to you soon. Agent Monday is an exclusive content marketing club for real estate professionals. We give you helpful educational info to share with your audience and teach you how to use it to grow your business. To find out more, visit agentmonday.com.